0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Well, glory to God, Hebrews 12 and 1. Y'all know where I'm going. The Bible says, lay aside the weights and sins. The Passion Translation reads a little bit um, clearer, and I like it. You know, I, I've been preaching out of it for a while now, and I think it's good. Let's see what it says. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircled us like clouds. You know, I was talking about that the other day. I was like, I don't know who's cheering me on, but I, I don't know. You can't hear him and you can't see him, so I don't really get into it. We must let go of every wound. Now, this reads a little clearer. Weight and sin. He says wounds that have pierced us and the sins we so easily fall into. Then... We will be able to run life's marathon race with passion, determination, for the path has already been marked out before us. So he said, if you can remove the wind, the, the piercings and the sin, you can run this race like a marathon, okay? Now, I want you to look at verse two and then we'll come back. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross, conquered its humiliation, and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, I'll tell you what, that, that'll that read right there now, won't it? But this is what I want to talk to you about. The King James says sin, and we don't have to go there. It says Weights and sin that easily beset us. The passion says wounds, and sin. And I like that because sometimes we become wounded in running the race. Um, A lot of times, what will happen is God, um, it doesn't work out the way we think it will, and sometimes we question God's character because it doesn't feel comfortable in walking out some things, and it's not easy. And that doesn't mean God's gone anywhere, but sometimes I can question God's character because it doesn't seem like it's working the way it should, and I really don't have a passion for it. So I want us to understand that sin in the mental place, now we understand that Jesus has eradicated sin once and for all, but what happens is sometimes we miss the mark and then we feel separated from God. Now, this is what you gotta understand. Sin separates, this is what God said to me because I was like, what does this mean? And this is what I got. Sin separates you and weights slow you down. You know, the other, a couple weeks ago, you know, I was, had this little program I was doing, you know, and the guy, the guy had this, it was like one of these wads, you know, you get, it's a workout of the day, you know. And it was crazy. It was like, get on the treadmill and like hold these dumbbells, you know. And I'm like holding these dumbbells on this treadmill, and I'm going, this is cute, you know, for like a minute or two. But then after a while, you know, it's like, I don't remember what the whole details were. But I had to hold these weights and walk. And I'm thinking like, well, this is getting annoying, you know. And it's like, you kind of like, you're holding it and you're walking. And then you, you kind of like put it over your head. You know, you're like kind of thinking like, well, this will give me a little bit of relief. And then it was like, I think it started with holding it over your head. And then I was like, I put it down. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then I remember this it was funny. I remember them putting them down for good and going back and walking, and I was like, "Whoa, man! I got like I got more endurance to walk because I got rid of the weight. I didn't have as much weight on on the the walking, so the walking became easier when I put down the weight. So that's what he's saying. You're slowed down. I can't walk as fast if I'm holding a hundred pounds. You know what I mean? I can't do it, but I could walk faster in like my own ability meaning like in a natural, you know, like I'm walking normal, but if I got 100 pounds to carry, it slows me down. So weight slow you down, and sin, even though it can't separate you, separates your mentality from God and makes you feel like, well, I can't go to God, or I can't really lean on the Lord. So look what it said here. It said, right, and the wounds. Sometimes we become wounded because we get hurt, and we get hurt because sometimes it's not because I'm, we, we, you know, we're, 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 we're being, you know, emotional or we're being, you know, fragile or whatever you want, you know, it's because sometimes we get wounded in our walk. Come on, what do you do when you get wounded in our walk with the Lord? Don't lose the character of God, okay? Because his character doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God is calling all of us in this hour to lay aside the weight that ties us to the things of the earth also. Because we, we, start, we start becoming too earthly-minded. So we got to learn to be loose from anything that binds us to the things of the earth. And we need to be free of everything that would could keep us from fulfilling the call of God upon our life and would hinder our ability to walk with God. Now, let me explain that, and, and, and I'm trying to get this out. You know, we used to talk like this. You got to die to self. That was a big thing back in the day. So let me explain this because I don't want to give you this, this wrong mental picture of who God is. But sometimes in life, I I want I want to pursue what I want to pursue, but if I start pursuing too much of what I want to pursue, I stop pursuing what God has told me to pursue. And you got to be careful of that. So we, use, we say, hey, Jesus said it best. He said, unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it will abide alone. But... If the grain of wheat will fall and die, it'll produce much fruit. He was talking about his life, and I'm talking about your life. Sometimes you gotta die to self. Now, what do we mean by self? Well, what I want. You know what I mean? How many of you know? Sometimes you die to self just a little bit about what you want. You don't get to do what you want to do. You know what I mean? You don't get to go where you want to go. You don't get to. Um, you don't get. To, I don't get to say like. When, the more you come under God's authority, you know what I mean the 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 more i come under god's authority it's funny i um i'll give you a quick example right i was um i just talked about this i said about um you know just a couple of weeks ago i was talk wasn't i was talking about political stuff you know what i mean not not like i said we need to pray for everyone pray for your pray for the president and pray for congress and pray and pray for everyone in authority you know first peter explains about it um um uh, Romans talks about, all through the Bible you see about authority. And it was funny. And you're gonna get the opinion of man. Now, obviously, I'm not, I'm not, I've probably um, have even voiced, as you probably have, hey, we're not really excited with everything that goes on in, our, in areas of life, but we still we still pray. We still keep our position right. We still take our God's Sabbath, and we do what we gotta do. And I said this, Man, I would rather be in agreement with God than agreement with people, because a lot of people are coming. They come against this stuff. They come against the Bible. They come against thing. I just seen something the other day. Some spiritual leader said something totally off the wall, just biblically wrong. You know, and you don't need to know who. And I and I was like, man, I was like, that is not the Bible. But if you go tell people things that are outside of the Word of God. Woe unto you. So we got to teach authority and we got to teach the right things. So what I'm saying is this, is that God has brought an order to everything. Even if I don't like the order of everything, I'd rather be in agreement with God than be in the agreement with man. Okay? So you got that? So now it's not a popular teaching to be like, you're going to have to die to self. We don't talk like that that much anymore, but we should. What does die to self mean? I, I, this is why I say this, I personally do not get to say what I want to say. I'm not allowed to because I've submitted my life to the Bible. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Please hear me. But I can't just go given I don't get to do what I want to do. That's his truth. I sometimes don't get to go where I want to go. I just can't. It doesn't, it compromises my convictions in the word of God, so I don't go there. I, I can't hang out with certain people. I can't do, I'll, see what I'm saying? There's some appearances of things that I cannot do, even though, why? So once you start understanding, that's dying itself. I don't get what I want. So this, this is big, right? So whatever is the weight that's slowing me down, okay? Sometimes um, extracurricular activity slows you down. You can't get all spread out and stuff, you know, sometimes wrong friendships, right? You can't go down that road. Sometimes it's like, you know, um, just some um, natural things you like. You know what I mean? You can't be, you know, I don't know, like maybe it's activities that you wanna do that are taking you down a road that you, you, know, you can't go. Now, I want you to explain. I want balance in your life, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's like, man, I'm more concerned about, you know, my... Uh, my favorite TV show than I am reading my Bible. You know what I mean? That's dying itself, like putting God first and then putting Netflix on the back burner. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not trying to be a jerky, but that's just what it is. Um, uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's just an attitude. You know, I got to change. Whether, whether it's one of these areas, all these areas, some of these areas, we got to learn that there's some dying to self that has to happen. And the only way we're going to step into the liberty that Jesus Christ has given us is that we are going to totally have to become, um, a, a, have a level of surrender to God because I got news for you. If you don't, you're running. And if you don't keep running and keep pace, you're going to fall behind. And I don't want you to get there. That's big. And God's word has totally provided a way of escaping every entanglement of the world. But you gotta diligently seek God. You know what I mean? So if you're considering yourself a runner in the race that Christ has set before you, you know what I mean? No runner that's ever entered into a race would ever think he's gonna be able to do this thing without having the right mental perspective. It's funny, me and Pastor Liz were running for a season. You know, It was kind of cool. I don't do it as much now. And every time she would be like, let's go run. or let's go. I was like, how far are we going? And she's like, why do we have to know how far we're going? I said, because I, I want to know. I'm not about to just start running and not have an end because I'll stop before I start. I don't want to do that. So just say, say we're going to do this, whatever, but shoot a goal you're going to get to because I'm not going to not do it. I don't care what it was. And she used to make me laugh. She's like, well, why? I was like, I have to mentally get there. Like, if we're going to go, all right, we're going to go three miles. Okay, if we're going three miles, then I ain't going to know in my head, you cannot stop till you hit three miles. I do not want to walk aimlessly. I do not want to run aimlessly. I'm not going to do nothing. Aim- why? Not because I'm some kind of control freak, but what? No runner that's got a thimble full of sense would weigh himself down before he ever entered a race. I got to get there. Now, I've, I, you know what I'm saying? It's like, so what do I do? I got to lay off some of these these things that can hinder me. The wrong mental perspective will hinder me. I know where I'm going and to get there. So you got to shake free of everything that might hinder your chances of winning. Now we got you got to think like this. Why would he liken it to a normal natural race? Because it is. It's, I like what he says. He said it's a marathon. How many know marathons take time? We used that scripture last week. Remember. Paul talked about a race of life. He was talking about dying to the flesh and he literally explains it in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. And you could look at this in the King James. This is strong, man. Look at this, 1 Corinthians. Y'all read these, but you know, you know it's funny. I, I read something the other day. Brother Hagan said this. He said, you know, he said, you don't just teach truth one time. You know, like, I know that scripture. Yeah, well, guess what? Until that scripture, until you're living it, you, you might know it, but you're not doing it, right? Look what it says, okay? 924, know ye not that they which run in a race all but one receives the prize. So run that you can obtain it. And we're gonna look at this in the Amplified Classic after this, phenomenal in the Amplified, right? And every man that strives for mastery is temperate in all things. Why? They do it to obtain a corruptible crown. You ever see them like when they win the Super Bowl? I always laugh. It's like they get the Super Bowl, they're like, "Ah, we won. And then after like a little bit, you kind of get it like, you kind of think in the back of your head, are these guys like, is that it? You know what I mean? Is this what I, you know, my whole life? Now I get it's emotional. I'm not trying to like be like, you know, flippant about it. But really, they, they win a trophy that everybody forgets about. You're running a race of eternal life. Every man is temperate. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly; so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, just in case by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should become a outcast. Look what it says in the Amplified Classic. This is so good. Give you a minute to get there, right? Because he's saying what? I'm running a race. We're pressing the, for a prize. We're pushing for greatness. And when you look at 1 Corinthians 9, 24, he kind of uses this term, I keep under my body. What do you mean you keep under your body? Keep under your body what? Look, look at this, right? Do you not know that in a race, all runners compete, but only one receives the prize? Yeah, we know that. So what? So run what? Your race that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Not every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. See, that's what it's showing you, right? That's like your conditioning for the race. Don't go getting messed up and getting all this stuff. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating in the air and striking without an adversary, right? He's saying I don't just aimlessly throw punches. I'm looking to aim my target, but like a boxer, I buffet my body. Now this is possible. He said, "What?" He said, "I buff. I beat myself, right? I handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardships and subdue it." This is what he's saying. That's the Christian. He's not listen. He is not talking about he is not talking about just um, you know walking around like a goofball he's like hey I'm strategic in this but who talks like this I like a boxer I buffet my body I handle it roughly I discipline it by hardships and I subdue it for what for for the fear of I preach to everybody else that I myself should be unfit and not stand the test be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit Man, that's a statement, ain't there? So, I keep under my body. He's talking like, what do you mean I? Who's I? He's talking about a spirit man. His spirit man bosses his body around. Did you get that? Well, he seems very third party. Like, I keep under my body. Like, he wasn't part of his body, kind of like communicating. Well, what he was saying was, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. So, you are the spirit. So, you, the spirit, I, what? I keep under my body. I don't let my body dominate me. That's flesh. That's why you got to win. These people are struggling with all this flesh stuff. Don't understand they got the power over it. But the problem is if you don't discipline it, it's going to try to dominate you. Okay? We can no longer run as the world runs with God. That's the thing, right? You see this watered down Christianity, one foot in, one foot out. We run in a race. We got to win. We got to prize. We no longer can straddle the fence. The word of God says... A person cannot serve God and Mammon. Now Mammon meaning money means this. Mammon is 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 the god of this world. The devil. But Mammon is money's moving the whole earth. So that's why he says it. We got to make a choice, okay? You can't live for God part of the time and the enemy part of the time. We must choose whom we serve. You can't you can't drink a cup of one and a cup of another. you can't so what are you saying? You got to get yourself In this thing, everything is lawful for me, but not all things are good for me. Okay? So here's a big one. Ready? The weights of this world must be laid aside quickly. Write that down. What is weighing you down? So is worry weighing you down? Is fear weighing down? Sometimes people say, well, sin, you know, sin. You know what sin is? Anything that separates you from God. So if you got sin going on, remove it. You got victory over it. I like to talk a little bit about weights today because I really feel like these weights are, are big. The weights must be laid aside quickly, okay? So if you see like this present move of God, it's gonna happen fast. And if it happens fast, you're gonna be only able to go as far as you can lay aside weights. It'll stop you. So, you know, you, you, you gotta get there, okay? Okay, okay? Because you guys, you got to realize something. There's a realm waiting for you. And and write this down. Spiritual growth must be purposeful. Spiritual growth must be purposeful. That means this. You ain't going to grow spiritually just by being in a church. You have to do it on purpose. Okay? You have to, spiritual growth has to be developed on purpose. So there's going to be seasons when um, God's going to ask you for some commitments. And when he at, and I don't know, church doesn't like talking like this because I think we think like if you start putting pressure like that on the people, you know, I I I got a story for you, right? I got a buddy of mine, and you know, he's a pretty seeker friendly guy. And I don't have nothing against the seeker friendly things. I really don't. I, I think it's great. Um, um, I think um, let me just let me just give it to you the best way I can. All right, so I think what happens is. Um, let me just tell you what he said, but you don't know who it is, so it ain't gonna make a difference. He had his like a pretty secret friendly kind of church, right? And I was like, that's great, man. And the guy, he blew it up. People were coming, you it was great. And then all of a sudden he said, you know, he said, I tried to go deeper, like just a little bit deeper. You know, I started throwing around some stuff deeper and the place dismantled. And I said, yeah, that'll happen because what happens is people just want a form of God but they don't want to conform their life to serve God sometimes the way he said to serve him. Now, I got plenty of time. I got no problem with people taking time. I got no problem with people you know, struggling and, and taking years to get there. That is not what I'm saying, and I don't think we need to make it harder for people, but what I am saying is this. I never want to teach you an imbalance of understanding that this is a life of sacrifice. If you serve God, you're going to go through some stuff. If you serve God, you're going to sacrifice some stuff. So this is what I, right. So this is big right. We don't we don't know we don't know how long we're in this earth. We don't know how long this journey is going to be. So every step in this journey with Jesus, we should take on purpose. We got to be disciplined. Now you start saying discipline in the church, it's like cursing in the earth, man. It's like. Well, you know, now you're getting legalistic. and now, No, we're getting disciplined, okay? So to become the person that God wants you and me to be, let's be honest, we're gonna have to deny ourselves of some stuff, okay? You're not, get, you're not gonna get to do everything that other people do. That, this is some good stuff, man. If I serve God, I can't get to do everything I wanna do. You can't follow everyone else's plan and follow God's plan at the same time, okay? You cannot be disciplined and be a disciple of Jesus without sometimes having to take the harder path, okay? Right, like just look at a natural guy, right? Look at an Olympic um, athlete. What do they gotta give up to go for the gold? They probably miss stuff. They don't get to go to stuff. They gotta go train. They gotta, they gotta, they gotta get up a certain time. They gotta go to bed. They gotta eat this. They gotta train, right? They gotta eat a certain way, train a certain way. They gotta deny themselves. Obviously, they can't just do what they want to do. They gotta count the cost. Man, there ain't no other way around it, right? Wasn't Paul saying that? All athletes are disciplined in their training, they do it to win a prize. That will fade away, but we do it for an internal prize, so I run with purpose every step. I'm not shadow boxing. So write this down. Healthy habits produce spiritual growth. Healthy habits produce spiritual growth. That's a big one. What healthy what healthy habits? Blah, 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 blah. What healthy habits have you produced to allow yourself to spiritually grow? Every step, Paul says, must be purposeful. That's how you finish the race. God has marked out for you. Don't be tempted for shortcuts. That's big. Well, I want to get there. Nah, there ain't no shortcuts to success, right? Stay on the straight and narrow path. Keep pressing towards your goal. Remember the purpose God has called you to. Remember the example Jesus has given you, right? He used his time on earth wisely, He didn't get distracted from the world, right? So you got to do that. And if you look at Proverbs 3 and 5, I think King James is fine, but Proverbs 3 and 5, you know, it says lean not into your own understanding. I like that because this is what starts happening. Sometimes don't we do that? We get a little bit messed up. And sometimes it's just trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct you. Your path. Ask him, am I on the road? You may be facing a dead end right now, financially, emotionally, relationship-wise. But if you trust God and keep moving forward in faith, even when you don't see a way, he'll make a way. That's what he does. God's plan will become more understandable as you head down the path he sets before you, okay? But here's the other This, this is big. Write this down. Understanding is not a requirement for you to start down the path. Well, I got to know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going half the time. Trust Him. Trust Him. Right? You got to trust Him anyway. Look at Proverbs 4.18. This is big. I got to trust God, man. The path of the just. Woo! Look at that. Is a is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Ain't that good? Ain't that good? It's like the path of the just, right? Is what shining light man you ever, you ever you ever walk around the house is dark you ever like kick yourself the other day man it was so dark i had to use my light on my phone i was somewhere i don't remember where it was but i was like i can't see the kids laugh at me at dinner you know sometimes it's dark in these restaurants man i can't see that so i put on my little light so i can see what i'm gonna get you know what i mean so guess what when the light shows up the path gets clear god's plan will become more understandable as you do what Head down the path. He said, well, I don't know what the path is. Well, pray and ask him. And one day you're going to start seeing light a little bit brighter than you did before. And if you don't see the new thing, just stay where you are. You'll see God's purpose behind the path he specifically chose for you one day. But here's what I got to do. Trust the Lord with all my heart. Be patient. God knows what he's doing. He knows what's best for you. You can trust him because he's good. You might not be able to see the end result, but God can. All those problems. Don't we go through problems? We got heartache. We got difficulties. We got delays. All these things you ask yourself, why, 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 why? Well, basically one day become clearer because you understand God's light of his love for you. But for now, you're just learning how to trust him. So keep heading down the path that he's laid before you. So now this is big, right? Well, I don't know what path. Slow down. What do you know? So some of you might be like, okay, simple, basic stuff. Read your Bible. I know I'm supposed to read my Bible. You got to start with light. The Bible says the word of God is what? The entrance of light. It is a lamp unto my feet, a lamp, a flashlight to my feet. Come on. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's flashing my feet and showing me the light. It's showing me where I'm at, shows me where I go. Get in the word. Pastor Chris, I don't think this. Look, man, I don't know nothing about a computer, right? I'm like real lame when it comes to these things. Okay, but some of you know what I'm talking about. Like I got people like, you know, like, that, that helped me. Otherwise, I wouldn't know what's going on. But, you, you know, like, if you program, like, I knew this one guy was programming and doing big stuff. It was like Linux and all this cool stuff. I was like, bro, I don't understand none of that stuff. But he was like, man, look. He's like, it's all, it's all basically, it's, it's, um, it's, it's like, it's, um, what's that word I'm looking for? It's kind of like an algorithm. You know what I mean? It's like, kind of like, so there's everything. Like, this typing we do is, is programming. So he was building programming to show the computer to work. This is not just like you put it on and it does. it's all computer programming that allows us to go through the functions. If you don't write the program right, you can't get the results. So you're looking at God going, what's the big deal reading my Bible? He said it's a light into the path. It shows you where you go. Stop trying to critique it and figure it out and understand it. Just do it. Well, pray in fellowship with God. Well, I'm trying to go around that. You can't get around the algorithm. You can't get around the programming. This is how God said to do it. Read your Bible. Pray in fellowship with God. Ask him questions. Ask him for help. Go to church right away now. This has been my being. Well, you just want everybody to go to church. Man, I'm smart enough to know that when you're in church, that's where God speaks to you. He said, I'll meet you in between the porch and the altar. That means he's going to speak to you. Well, I'm smart enough to know I'm not that smart. He's speaking to you when you're in this atmosphere because this is where God's house is. Come on, man. He said what? He said, you're the temple, but guess what? I kind of run the air traffic control here, keep the spiritual climate right so you can come here in heaven. How about this one? Fellowshiping with like-minded believers is another thing you do to find direction. Yo, you don't think so? I'm doing things right now today with people in the church because they came to church and were like-minded in their beliefs. I'm running some of the plan of God for my life because of that. Think about what I'm saying. You say, well, you know, we just went to church or uh, I got people that relocated to come here that are now fulfilling their ministry because they relocated to get around like-minded believers. I got people on staff, right? Come on, family, stuff like that. They were just like, I'm going to church and just be part of church and get around like-minded believers. They're working for God now because of this. Are you getting this? Was that the plan? Sure looks like it to me. You ever been around somebody, just rubs off? Sure, why? You gotta understand, if you don't know the big picture, take the little picture and do it until the big picture comes clear. This is big, because the first step into the realm of the Holy Spirit at another level is you have to die to self. I'm telling you, until you do, God's not gonna be able to use you in the manner he desires. You ain't gonna die to self partially, a little bit. You gotta lay some self on the table. You gotta go be, and what? You remember Romans 12, one and two? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, just, acceptable, reasonable service, which is unto God. That's it. A living sacrifice means what? You go to the altar alive. You must get to the point of, where there is none of self and all of God Almighty in agreement in your life. You got to get there. You got to get there. Come on. Remember, look at this. Look at second, uh, Galatians 2, 19 and 20. Passion reads phenomenal because this is what the apostle Paul said. You got to get to the place where he explains it to you. He said, look, man, I'm going to tell you how this is working for me, man. Woo, I'm telling you what, because it's big, man. Galatians 2, 19. Check this out. But because the Messiah lives in me, I now died to the law's dominion over me so I can live for God. See it? He's like, man, I'm dead. Okay, why? My old identity or my old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah and I no longer lives for the nails that crucified Christ was what the nails of his cross crucified me with him. My God in heaven. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of of the son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Hallelujah. We're no longer debtors to the flesh. We're debtors to the spirit. That means we owe our life to the spirit of God. So then brethren, if we're debtors to this, guess what? We have no obligation to fulfill carnal natural nations and notions, the nature, we gotta get rid of it. What do we do? We're to live up to the spirit life. Ooh, come on somebody. It's the new birth in Christ. It's time to start living in the spirit realm. Let me leave you with this. To live in the spirit realm at another level, it's gonna take intentionality. The spirit world the spirit world, is an unknown realm to most Christians. Okay, why? Because they spend every moment of their life in the natural realm. And if you do not make yourself God conscious about the spirit realm, you're just gonna live in the natural realm for too long a period of time. Listen, if you're gonna press for the prize, you're gonna have to become spiritually understanding of how you're gonna live life at the next level. I want you to notice it's doable. If we're pressing for the prize, right? Let's just look at Philippians 3.12 message, just one more time and then we're done. Because it really says uh, a lot that we understand. This has been our series, this is what we've been talking about. God, God's for you, man, he's not against you. But I really think the Apostle Paul breaks it down to make sense. He says, I admit, I have not acquired the fullness that I'm pursuing. He's saying, look, no one's arrived. Just keep pushing. I what? I pursue this thing. I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. How am I gonna do that? I don't depend on my own strength. Look at verse 2, 13 accomplishing this, however I got one compelling focus. What's that? I forget the past and I press and fasten myself and my heart to the future instead. What's he doing verse 14? I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victor prize through the anointing of Jesus. So what does he say? 15? Hey, are you, are you mature? What's he saying? So let all who are what? Fully mature Christians. He's saying, if you're a fully mature Christian, you know what you figured out? I gotta have passion. And if I get around people that don't have passion for God, it's time for me to get away. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion. And if anyone has not been yet gripped by these desires, God's gonna reveal it to you. And let us all advance together to reach the victor prize following one path with one passion. Ain't that cool? So you might say, hey man, I got passion. You gotta find like-minded passion in people. But isn't it funny he says this? Let us all try to advance together. Haven't you noticed a little bit sometimes it's hard to advance together corporately because your passion might be different than somebody else's passion? Share your passions run your race, but you can't get to the fork in the road. If nobody wants to follow you, you just keep running. I promise you, you're gonna fulfill everything God has for you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that they're pressing for the prize. I thank you that they're looking for supernatural success. And I thank you that you are gonna take them into their future as they trust you. And as they move forward, they're gonna see everything you have for them come to pass in the race that you have for them because you've already finished and the end goal is already there. All they got to do is stay the course and run their race and achieve the prize you've laid before them. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, guys, don't forget, we're launching Relevant Live this Sunday night. That's our TV show. Brand new TV show. It's your TV show. You're helping me do it. Without you guys, I couldn't do any of this. So thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for sharing tonight. And don't forget to share about Relevant Live this Sunday night. We're going to be, what? we're not in the building, we're on TV. Super Channel 55, watch it. It's our first show ever. It's going to be awesome, right? 8.30 p.m. this Sunday night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.